This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. As the clock strikes zero, and it's a Vegas victory. Josh McDaniels, for the first time as head coach of the Silver and Black, gets a win. We've learned a lot so far, and now we're starting to learn how to win. But I'll tell you right now, that was a damn good, hard-fought victory in the division. So you got a lot of wins, but it's your first one. Win. Yes, sir. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And we come to you live from our Monday spots. Monday Night Football is going down tonight. You know the 49ers are taking on the Rams, NFC West opponents. It should be a good game. We are here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You can find us here every single Monday night from 2 to, well, whenever we decide to roll out of here. So uh, definitely I want you to come on by. We encourage you to come on by. We already have a lot of folks sitting around the bar playing some games, getting ready for Monday Night Football. Some other folks sitting in around just coming in off the Raiders' victory at Allegiant Stadium on a Sunday and just, you know, kind of hanging around and enjoying what is the first victory of the 2022 season for the silver and black. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demont Cotton, he's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And as mentioned, I'm here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We'll be here. There's plenty of drink specials going on. We have plenty of prizes as well. I've all of a sudden became like Santa Claus, but Santa Claus in October. I have all these different things to hand out on, uh, on the table here, and I've been having that now for a few weeks, so it's really cool. Because everyone who knows and listens to me at all knows that I'm pretty much a Grinch when it comes to Christmas. But I do like giving stuff away. So we have plenty to give away here today. If you come on by, say what's up. Uh, You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to fill out any kind of papers. I mean, we do have some registrations for you as well. But just to get a cup and a koozie or maybe even a T-shirt, just come on by, say what's up. We'll take care of you again. Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And, And I'll tell you. It's pretty cool knowing that you go into work today, knowing that uh, it's going to be a lot more positivity. Uh, we'll have all week long talking about the silver and black coming away with the victory over the Denver Broncos at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, 32-23. to 23. Now, it was not perfect, obviously. There's a lot of things to clean up, but I'd much rather talk about a lot of things to clean up talking about a victory than a lot of things to clean up talking about a loss. So we got a lot to get to on today's show. Got some really good guests I'm excited to bring on to the show, as we always do. Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM. Uh, and also Raiders.com. She'll join us at 2.30. She was in the press box sitting a couple seats next to me. I was cool. I had uh, I had all the stars next to me. I had Amber Theo Harris, and I had Jason Fitz from ESPN sitting next to me in the press box. So I uh, really enjoyed the conversation I was able to have with them throughout the course of the game. So Amber will join us at 2.30. She's been on the show many times. So she'll join us to talk about what she saw, talk about the performance from Josh Jacobs, talk about what she saw from the Raiders' defense, and talk about just a victory for the silver and black. So Amber will join us at 2.30. At 3.30, our good friend Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ, he'll join us. He was also in the press box uh, and talk about what he saw and where he thinks this can go, how he thinks the Raiders could build off of this victory. And, look, they have a tough game next week against the Kansas City Chiefs, but that's a game for next week. So we have all week to talk about that, talk about the buildup, talk about how they can uh, build off of what they did on Sunday. But, Today is really going to be one of those days where you kind of look back and you say, okay, what the Raiders did right, what you liked from the game, and, again, just kind of how they could build off that. So Ed Graney will join us at 3.30. And then at 4.30, my good friend Anthony Galavides from the Fresno Bee, he's going to join us. He put out a piece last night on Amik Robertson. And Amik Robertson, man, he's quickly become, and I know he's actually one of DeMond's favorite players on the Silver and Black, 
He's actually quickly becoming one of my favorite players too, not just because of what he's doing on the field, but, man, his attitude is just right. You know, maybe it's me getting old. I don't know what it is. But, man, when guys have a good attitude or whatever, it just is – I don't know. Maybe it's easier to root for him. Or Amik just seems like the kind of dude that gets it. He kind of understands the temperature of the room. He understands what's going on. This is a guy that I didn't even think was going to make the roster. In the preseason, I remember saying right before that fourth preseason game against the New England Patriots at Allegiant Stadium, I thought that was going to be Amik Robertson's last game. And I don't know what the plan was for him. I don't know what the coaching staff thought of Amik before they went into that game, but I know what he did do in that fourth preseason game, which a lot of people say does not matter as the rest of the league only played three, but since the Raiders had the Hall of Fame game, they played four. He busted his tail. All he did was work hard in that fourth preseason game, and I remember talking to him in the locker room after that game, and I said, well, what do you think? Me and Vinny both said, well, what do you think? You know, you you did everything you could. How do you feel about your roster spot? And he told us straight up, I don't know. I don't know, but I know one thing. I left everything out there on the field. And he absolutely did. And look, this dude is not big. He's, you know, five foot eight. He's a small dude, but man, he don't play small. He has all the confidence in the world. He may give up a play here and there, but then he's gonna come back. He's not gonna remember it. He's gonna come back and he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight and he's gonna fight. And Amik Robertson had himself a day on Sunday. You know, he he really did. And so Anthony Galavis put out a piece on Amik Robertson. It really it basically comes from Jerry Judy from the Broncos you know, doing the, oh, you're too short type symbol to him and kind of taunting him a little bit, letting him know that he couldn't hang with him because he was too little. And then all, uh, all uh, Meek Robertson just c- continued to do was dominate the rest of the day, right? And co- obviously came up with the big fumble recovery, took it to the house, looked like he was playing a Madden video game when he was returning that one to the house. And then, not to, I mean, that was the big splash play that everyone's going to remember and point out. But how about when he would come up and, matter, matter of fact, one play that stood out to me the most was, it was a wide receiver screen, and he was being blocked, and he didn't care. He basically ran through the wide receiver that was blocking him and blocked him into the wide receiver that had the ball, and I think that was Jerry Judy, and he didn't get any yards off of it. It was really good because a lot of times it's easy for a defensive back to get screened and blocked out like that, and that turned into a big play. But Amik was having none of it, and he pushed him back into the, the wide receiver. That was a big play. A couple times Russell Wilson hit a wide receiver that wasn't even Amik's guy, and Amik would come off and, boom, make a big play, a uh, quick tackle. I mean, this dude, for five foot eight, the dude packs a big punch when it comes to tackling. The dude will hit you hard, and it's funny – we talked to Mark McMillan on the show all the time. He's a good friend of the show, and he was never a big dude. I mean, they called him Mighty Mouse for a reason. He was never a big dude, but he was a hell of a player. I'm not going to say he's Mark McMillan because Mark McMillan was on the All-Madden team. I mean, he spent plenty of time in the league. He was fantastic, and Amik is kind of just starting to scratch the surface. But I see a little bit, and, and, and we'll have Mark on the show sometime this week just to get his thoughts on Amik. He had a little, little something-something in him, man. He had a little, like I like to say, a little something in his neck. He had a little something in his neck on Sunday. He really did. And so I was, I was really happy for Amik and the performance that he put in. And, you know, he was one of the first guys we talked to in the locker room when we got in there last night. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny because not only is he a good dude, he was a hell of a player, but he always, to me, and I say this all the time, he always seems like he's going to say something funny. Like he always, he just always, you know, he'll look at you and he'll be answering questions and it just sounds like he's about to say something funny. And, I had a little one-on-one about two and a half minutes with uh, Clee Furl last night in the locker room, and we started talking about Amik. And I said, man, is it just me, or does it always seem like he's about to say something funny? And Clee's like, yeah, man, he always does. That's just who Amik is, man. He, he'll, he, he'll look at you with his big eyes, and he got his little, you know, the Louisiana sound to him, and it just sounds like he's got something funny to say. But uh, Amik's a good dude, man, and so I was really happy to see the performance that he put in. I asked head coach Josh McDaniels about Amik 
earlier today at the, the media session, so you'll hear, uh, hear a little bit of that a little later in the show. So Anthony Galavich from the Fresno Bee, he'll join us at 4.30 to talk specifically on Amik Robertson. So we got a lot of, to get to on today's show. Plenty of sound from the Raiders locker room. We got to talk to Devontae Adams. We got to talk to Josh Jacobs. We got to talk to Amik Robertson, Max Crosby, and Cleve Farrell I had a little one-on-one conversation with. So plenty of stuff to get to on today's show. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're going to be here for Monday Night Football, the 49ers and the Rams. So I definitely encourage you to come on by. Take advantage of some of these uh, great drink specials that they have going on. If you get hungry, you want some food, they got Hooters right across the way. You might be able to stop at a triple-double diamond machine on the way and maybe win some money because you know that's my favorite machine. So you might be able to do that and then come on back. But this is the spot to be for the next few hours. If you're at work, I know I said this on Friday, leave work. Work's overrated. Well, hell, I'm going to get you fired because if it's Monday, leave work, man. You know, just don't even go. Don't even worry about it. Be like, you know what? Q said work's overrated, so I'm, I'm taking him for his word. Now, if you get fired, now, now DeMond said he'll, he'll, he'll pad your pockets for a couple days. But uh, I can't do it, but DeMond's got you covered. So uh, that's what we got going on here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So since it had been a few weeks since the Raiders have picked up a victory, I mean, this is the first one in 2022, we have yet to have a chance to give out game balls. And I love to give out game balls to guys that deserved it. And I think I kind of documented who really deserved it in the, you know, the little opening segment right there. But uh, we'll go ahead and do that throughout the course of the show. Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Definitely want to know who you're giving a game ball to. I gave out three game balls on my podcast this morning, and I think it was really obvious. I don't think that it should even be a question, the three guys that I gave the game ball to. Max Crosby, Amik Robertson, and Josh Jacobs. And not necessarily even in that order. I don't care what order you give it to. Those were the three guys right there that I thought deserved the game balls the most. But that was me. Josh Jacobs had a hell of a performance. 144 yards, 28 carries, uh, two touchdowns. Also had five catches for 31 yards. And the one thing that stood out to me about Josh Jacobs is he got the ball in the first play, and he looked like he, he came to play with a purpose. Right? They had a players-only meeting. Uh, earlier in the week, and he said to us after the game that, you know, he, he, him and the rest of the team kind of reevaluated their goals and, and refocused their goals, and, and they all had a really good attitude. He said they had really good energy in practice throughout the course of the week. Well, it resulted in a, in a victory on Sunday. Now, of course, they have a tough game coming up on Monday Night Football for, uh, with Kansas City in Kansas City next week, but it looks like the team is starting to gel. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. It's just one win. You've got to learn how to stack wins now. You get one, now you can get two. You get two, then you can get three. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and say, hey, everything is fixed, everything is fine, they're cured. But also I don't want to poo-poo on the job that they did on Sunday. So Josh Jacobs was a no-brainer for me to give a game ball to. Amik Robertson, for everything that I already mentioned, he got a game ball. And then Max Crosby uh, had another two-sack performance, had four tackles for loss. He leads the league for tackles for loss with eight. Uh, again, just he was a, a, a dominant dude. And every single person to a T that we talked to in that Raiders locker room said, Max is Max. And the way they said it was almost laughing. You know what I mean? Like, Max is Max. <laughs> of course he's going to give you maximum max effort. That's what he is. He, he goes hard all the time. And so, uh, yeah, Max Crosby getting the game ball for me. Uh, I, I thought was a, a no-brainer as well. But there could be other players that stood out. There could be 
you know, coaches that stood out. There, there, whatever's on your mind, I want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Who are you giving the game ball to for Sunday's performance in the 32-23 victory over the Denver Broncos, picking up the first win of the 2022 season? But also, another conversation that we've been having around here quite a bit, a lot last week as well, and I've been saying it, I don't know, now for it feels like a few weeks, is what about the Raiders' identity? What is the Raiders' identity? And I feel like, and I know a lot of people hit me up immediately. I mean, as soon as the game was over, I had about 15 to 20 DMs in, in, on Twitter. I think we know what the identity of the team is. I think we know what the identity of the team is. And obviously, they're talking about a ground-and-pound attack with running back Josh Jacobs. So I ask you, I ask you straight up, is, is, that, the, is that the identity of the Raiders? Is that, should that be the identity of the Raiders? Because, again, I, I look at it. I like it. I know that there's an 8-1 stat out there that uh, when Josh Jacobs carries the ball more than 25 times, the Raiders are 8-1. and one. I love that. I love that stat. But is that who you think that this team is going to be? Do you think that they are starting to establish their identity with being a run-first team? Now, I know that they want to be balanced. Josh McDaniels has said that to me multiple times. They want to be balanced, and, you know, that's obviously what they're, they're going to do. That's the goal. You know, you can't just go in there and just run, 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 run and think that, it, you know, it's not going to be predictable. But – is that who they are? Is that what they're going? Is that going to be their niche? Like, this is what we do really well, and we are going to dominate you even though you realize that we're going to run the rock. Like, can that, can that be their identity? If not, let me know what you think their identity is or could be. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line again, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a bunch of texts to get to already. Uh, Raider Sean said, what's up, Q? Chandler Jones is getting... A lot of flack, and I don't get it. He should have had two sacks yesterday. One, he got held. He drew two holding calls. And the second, he didn't get there because uh, Wilson threw it in the dirt, resulting in intentional grounding. Should have had two, if not three. But it looks like his burst is back, and he also helped in some tackles for loss. Honestly, think he played a great game. I'd give him a game ball as well. That's from Raiders Sean. And I don't disagree. I think Chandler Jones played his best game as a Raider on Sunday. And those two holding penalties were huge. And it actually it resulted in a first and 30 that I just knew Denver was not going to be able to overcome. They did. They scored a touchdown, so that was less than ideal. But I just, I mean, man, when you have them backed up at first and 30, you've done your job. And, and it, was, it was so obvious on those holding plays that you're talking about that Chandler Jones was about to get home and Russell Wilson was going to have himself a rough day. And, look, Russell Wilson got sacked three times. Twice by Max Crosby, one by Nate Hobbs. So the Raiders' pass rush did a good job of getting home on, uh, on, on Sunday. So I, I was pretty pleased with what we saw from the pass rush. So uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd give him a game ball, but I would say, hey, you, you had a hell of a game. How about that? Mailman Raiders said, Q, no doubt your three are the main three, but for argument's sake, I'll give one to Mac Hollins. He's been showing he's a captain on his team and very clutch on special teams. Matter of fact, aside from our kickers, he's the only thing on special teams we got. That's from Mailman Raider. I'm glad you brought up special teams, man, because I was going to get there. Special teams was atrocious yesterday. Special teams was not good. Outside of that one play, <laughs> outside of that one play that Matt Collins made from stopping A.J. Cole's uh, punt to going into the end zone, they downed at the one-yard line, which was phenomenal. That was fantastic. For the, re for the most part, man, the special teams was not good, including Money Carlson missing an extra point. Like that, that just, you know, and, and I'm not going to get on him too much because he doesn't do that. He hits, he's very clutch, so, you know, I just, I've been kind of questioning and looking at the special teams unit for a while now, wondering what it was going to look like, even going back to the Hall of Fame game, and it just hasn't been where it needs to be. Their, their kick coverage unit has not been very good, and it kind of reared its ugly head again on Sunday. Now, fortunately for the Raiders, it didn't, 
cost them too much, but it did rear their ugly head. And before anyone hits me up and says, well, what about the onside kick call? What about the – I actually didn't have a problem with that. (laughs) I actually didn't have a problem with the onside kick call. I actually kind of liked it. You know, we always talk about, you know, don't get conservative, don't get conservative, you know, get aggressive, get creative. That was creative as it gets. I know I didn't expect it. When I saw it, I was like, oh, damn, they're trying to steal a possession. And it almost worked. It almost worked. If, if the hands team had actually recovered it, that's a great play because the kick was fantastic. So I'll, I'll give them credit for that onside kick for the attempt. I got what they were doing, trying to steal another possession, probably get some more points on the board, try to put their foot on the Broncos' neck. But I know that that's going to be a subject of debate. I, I actually I don't know how I got into a Twitter, like a Twitter thread. Yes, I do know how I got into it because I tweeted out that the onside kick didn't work, but I didn't have a problem with it. And all of a sudden, boom. It just took off, and then it was like a debate between two dudes. Nobody else. <laughs> it was just two dudes that were going back and forth, and they had every stat and every kind of subject line and every argument why it was a good play or why it was a bad play. I had no problem with the onside kick attempt. I thought it was great, aggressive. Nobody expected it. You know, and if it works, then right now we're singing the praises of them. Now, obviously, it didn't work, and they gave up three points, but credit the defense. They stopped them. They only gave up three points. So, I'm actually I'm okay with rolling the dice on that. I had a couple cats in the in the uh, in the in the press box near me that weren't big fans of it, and I mean that's fine. I mean everyone's got their own opinion, but man, I thought I was going to hear about that damn onside kick for like 45 minutes. I was like, damn, it's already another quarter. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> can we move on past that play? <laughs> There's other things to talk about, but you know, like I said, it, it's always easy to criticize, especially when it doesn't work. But I thought that that was a good aggressive play. Uh, again, I had no problem with it, but I, I understand how it could be a, a subject of debate for many folks. But uh, definitely want to hear from you. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. You can continue to hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's talk to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, Kevin DeMond, thank you for t- taking my call. Now, I know up, you've man? seen a baby cry, and you've seen a kid cry, but have you ever seen a donkey cry? Well, you did on the way out of a Legion on Sunday, and damn, it feels good to be a Raider. It's nice to be back in the win column. It took longer than we liked, but, I mean, hell, that's all That's all it takes to, to turn that frown upside down is just that W, and everybody's, everybody's all rainbows and puppy dogs now, I'm sure. You know, and, of course, there's going to be the detractors that are just never going to please them folks, but. Right, right. I agree with your. I agree with your with your game balls. I mean, the only the one I would give just because we saw some improvement and we did get the run game going. I'd give one to the line on the run game only. I I, I still see a little shakiness on the on the pass throw. You know they need to they need to figure out just give a little bit more space. But they did open up lanes for Car to take off on them runs. I mean that's another one I would give just to Car's cleats. Because they did in some work this weekend. He finally got some first downs. He finally saw the lanes open and wasn't as scared to, to take what the defense gives you. And sometimes it's, you know, a first down with your feet. I'm happy with what we saw, the improvements, the adjustments. Now we just got to keep trending in that direction. Thank you guys for taking my call, and I'll send you guys a graphic. Uh, Jacob's about to run donkey over. You guys have a good one. All right, man, definitely appreciate you, man. Good stuff right there, Fargo Raider. Man, 
It sure is nice when you get those positive calls, right? <laughs> it's been too long of uh, the negative calls and the skies are falling. So uh, I knew today would be a good day to have a good day. How about ABA Ivan Davis, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, real quick, uh, like my man with the text with the uh, defensive end, I decided to really take a look at him this game. And he was bending, he was bending the pocket big time. One of the reasons Crosby got some of those sacks was because of him. Uh, okay, and, and them holding, they couldn't keep him out. And so that would give us a, a snapshot of what that could possibly look like if he really gets off. And, but the, my biggest one, all, uh, instead of the obvious, right, you know, Josh Jacobs and stuff, is the old line. You got to give them credit. I mean, they, against the Denver Broncos, South defense, they led 150, what, I think Carr had 40-something yards rushing too, right? Yeah, he had five first okay. downs. How about that? How about Derek Carr, five first downs with his legs? Okay. That means the line was doing work. That means they were getting off, blowing holes, taking it personal. Okay. Yeah, and, and, so and it also means that he was taken line. off. Right. Okay. Okay. And, and so, so shout-out to the O-line. I mean, they've been taking a lot of hits. It's time for them to get a little bit of a, you know, a clap on the back. Thanks a lot, Q. Hey, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, I, I give the offensive line credit, and, and especially the, the offensive line that ended ended the game, uh, more importantly than even who started it. You had Colton Miller. You had uh, um, oh Alex Bars. I almost forgot his name. What's up, my man? Juan the Smasher just rolled in the building. Juan's here. Uh, yeah, so Alex Bars was the left guard. Uh, Andre James returned to center. You had Dylan Parham at the uh, right guard position, and then Thayer Mumford. So you had two rookies. Uh, side by side on the right side, and I thought that they did a really good job. And then you had Justin Heron come in when it was a, a, a big package, a big set, and he was basically like the the uh, the tight end, right? He was the offensive line eligible out there. So uh, that that I think is going to be probably closer to the offensive line that we see moving forward. And I honestly think that probably should be the offensive line moving forward. Uh, and as far as Derek Carr and him, him running, you know, I give credit to the offensive line. But I really give more credit to Derek Carr finally just taking off and saying the hell with it, I'm going to go. Because the holes are there. The holes are there when, when he doesn't have someone to throw it to. He just has to determine that he's going to do it. And it's almost like he heard everyone talking and was like, I'll show you that I can do it, and he did it. And I'm not trying to take a shot at him at all. I'm, I'm giving him props. Because when you pick up five first downs on the ground with your legs and you're Derek Carr, normally he doesn't do that. I mean, even to see him go under center and just sneak it twice – for a first down. Normally he doesn't do that either. To change the game and add that to his arsenal, you got to give him credit for that as well. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go all the way out and give him a game ball for it, but job well done. I mean, that really and, – and really that one drive, drive the, the one where uh, after Denver had just scored a touchdown and draw the game, and the game came with like within two points, all of a sudden on the next drive, Derek Carr ran for nine yards and a first down, kept that drive alive. That was a huge play. In that drive, they eventually go down and score. Josh Jacobs gets into the end zone again for the second touchdown of the day. That was that was huge. And Derek Carr helped with his legs on that one. So I'll give him a lot of props for that. It was a great sight to see him using his legs to keep plays alive and keep drives alive. Let's go out to Allen of Vegas real quick. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, fellas. I'm going to give a game ball to Josh Jacobs' pride because he played with heart. He played with great on Sunday. And uh, like Lincoln said on the radio, that's something he cannot teach. He came out with a purpose yesterday. And I know he felt, he's probably, he probably felt bad because they got away from the run game the first three games. But 
credit to McDaniels for sticking with it yesterday, and he was rewarded. 28 rushes, 140-something yards. And also, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for game ball to Alex Bars. He made some key blocks along with Colton Miller on that left side to spring Jacobs on those key runs off the left side. He's coming along nicely. Give him a couple more games. You know what? I like him with Jameson at center and Parham, the right guard. There's something special going on there, Q. All right, cool. Hey, great call, my man. And, yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that that should probably be the offensive line moving forward, obviously, barring injury. But, I mean, I think that that would be a good idea. Miller, Bars, James, Parham, Munford. I'm okay with that, right? Have Jermaine and Luminor come in in case of emergency break glass and have uh, Justin Heron come in in the big packages. And even if you, you know, need to put him in just in case someone needs, you know, I don't know, a snap, like someone goes down for a snap or two, I would probably put Justin Heron in before I put Jermaine Illuminor. And, uh, you know, Jermaine Illuminor has been a good story. He's definitely been a great quote. He's, he's fun to talk to in the locker room. He gives you really good answers. But he's just not getting it done on the field. So you've got to put the best five guys out there on the offensive line to thrive. And I feel like the Raiders really might have their, their five. And if they do, great. Because they still have, as they've only gone through four games, they still have 13 remaining, guaranteed. A lot can happen. In those 13 games, something that was pointed out to me. Matter of fact, I shot my man Cisco. I was walking back to my car after the game, after we had done media and everything. I saw Cisco, and he said, hey, I know Raider Nation doesn't want to hear it, but New England always started out slow, and then they finished strong. He said, I'll take that if that means that the Raiders are going to be really good throughout the course of the season later on. And I said, yeah, no, you're right. You know, you want to get these wins whenever you can all the time, but if they're going to start a little slow, but then all of a sudden they're going to start stacking wins, might be in for something special. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I know what's coming around the corner <laughs> next Monday night, and I just saw what Kansas City did last night. But, again, I'm going to enjoy what they did Sunday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium, what the Raiders did. I'm going to enjoy that at least for today. One more quick text, and then we'll take a break. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, I'm absolutely loving this Monday after our Raiders get a much-needed win. Wins are hard to come by, so let's enjoy it. My game ball goes to Derek Carr's feet, legs for five first downs. Those are big first downs that kept drives alive. Honorable mention, our second half defense were playing big time in the second half, only allowing seven points. We can't overlook that, Q. Let's keep this rolling on the Kansas City next Monday night. I've got a good feeling about this upcoming game. Let's go Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Thank you so much for that uh, that that text, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, you know, I kind of went on and on already about Derek Carr and his legs, but, man, If you can get that kind of performance from him on the ground with his feet more often than not, then all of a sudden you've got something because now teams don't just say, oh, he's going to fold in the pocket when the pressure gets around him. Now you have to be concerned about him taking off, and that allows your wide receivers and other players to keep on working and keep on moving because there's a chance that they can get open and he might be able to sling it to them. So it really opens up a lot when uh, when Derek Carr is willing to use his legs to keep plays alive or even pick up a much-needed first down. But Raider Nation, I want to hear about the identity of the team. Did we see the identity of the team? Did we see it formed on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, or is it still still too early to be determined? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. 227 is the time. We are at the Oyo, the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino for Monday Night Football. Juan the Smashers made his way. We've got Raider Nation already in the building enjoying some good food, some good drink specials. All we need is you. I got plenty of hookup for you, so come on by and holler at us. Coming up next, going to deep dive into what happened at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday with Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM and also Raiders.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 
out into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they got to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side, circled Wilson to the turf. Second and ten, play action. Wilson, Crosby right in his face, drove him down at the 40. He does a little bow. His second sack of the game. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Jason Horowitz on the call right there. A couple big plays by Max Crosby. And seems like I say that every single week. A couple big plays by Max Crosby. He just does what he does and does it at a very high level. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're inside the Underground Lounge. That's at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Come on by. We'll be here for Monday Night Football. But joining us now on the phone lines is my good friend, and I like to call her my good friend, Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM Radio. Also, Raiders.com does a lot of fantastic work with the organization. And, Amber, I appreciate your time. Before we get into some Raiders football, I have to know, did you get your bag and everything back? <laughs> you know, it's always good to be with you, Q. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, I appreciate your concern. I also appreciate you hooking me up when I did not have my bag. You you gave me some paper and a pen, which I stole, and didn't realize I stole the pen until <laughs> the airport. So I owe you a pen when I see you uh, next time at, at Raiders Facility. Oh, it's all good. No worries at all. I'm just glad that you got your stuff back. As a guy who went to L.A. for the Super Bowl and actually had my bag stolen, I understand what it feels like not to have your bag with you. It's just, it feels weird, right? <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sorry that happened in L.A. We're not all like that, I promise. I mean, some people, but not, a, not most of the Angelinos. Don't judge us. No, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you at all. Again, we're talking with Amber Theo Harris here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Now, I wanted to get into the game. They picked up the Raiders, picked up their first dub of the season. Josh Jacobs had himself a game, and Amber, we were sitting basically right next to each other, and he just came out looking like he was going to run with a purpose. Even when he was catching the ball, it just looked like you were going to see a big-time performance from Josh Jacobs. What were your thoughts when you saw him early on? Well, early on, I was I was counting how many touches he had on the first drive because I thought that was going to answer the question very early on what the game plan was. And he had five touches on that very first drive. Um, and, and then he kept getting first down after first down after first down in the first half. And to be honest, though, Hugh, I didn't see anything different from him other than the amount of carries. He's been running like a bat out of hell since game one. He's been running like a man that's in a contract year and wants, uh, you know, wants to get that bag, <laughs> wants to get the right. W and the bag at the same time. So I didn't think he, he looked different. He's been, I mean, the yards after contact, the way he's been so difficult to tackle, um, the, the, the jump cuts, all of that, we've seen some week one. So it wasn't like yesterday we saw something different. It was just right. Josh McDaniels, I feel like, finally committed to the run. And we see him get 28 carries yesterday and 144 yards, and the Raiders get the win. That formula to me, and I've been saying it on the Silver and Black show along with my colleague James Jones, um, you know, that formula is very clear. It's very simple. Football sometimes isn't very complicated. And this idea that the Raiders are were trying to find their identity when people that are much lesser offensive minds than Josh McDaniels could have told you, it's run the football. <laughs> you know, so that was kind of what I think the Ra- Raiders nation was struggling with, was we all know what needs to be done. We're looking at this man averaging over five yards a carry during these games. Why aren't you, why are you, getting, why are you running in the first half and then getting away in the second half? Well, we're not seeing him in the first half and then seeing him in the second half. Let's, let's run the football for four quarters, and, and we saw yesterday what happened. 
Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that they continue to have that kind of recipe, or do you think that they go away from it depending on who they're playing? I think they'd be crazy not to, you know. I, I mean, I, to, to, to change. Um, they'd be crazy to yeah. change. Let me rephrase right. that. Um, that's clearly their strength. You've got a lead back. Like, right now in the NFL, there's so many running back by committee. That's kind of the style of the NFL. And Eric Allen said it on our show on Raiders game day yesterday. It's okay in 2022 to be a run-first team led by uh, a bell cow kind of back, and especially a versatile back that can catch out of the backfield the way Josh Jacobs can as well. Like, that's, that's okay. It doesn't matter that you have Devontae Adams. It was almost like Devontae Adams, the, the acquisition of Devontae Adams, threw everybody off because it was like, well, we've got one of the best toys in the NFL, and we've got to play with this toy. Rather right. than this toy works best when our other toy establishes the run first, because if you, if those safeties and those linebackers have to account for the run, who do you think is going to have big games? Devontae Adams. So it all works together. And so to move away, depending on whether or not you have a good run defense, playing against a good run defense or not, should not matter. I mean, the Broncos had a top three overall defense coming into that game. They ran it down their throat. So you've got to stay who you are as an offense. You've got to find your identity and stick with it. And I think they found their identity yesterday. I'm okay with that. If that's what they uh, decide to stick with, I, I would love to see that. I, I love the run game, and I think Josh Jacobs is a great back, and we saw that on Sunday. Again, we're talking with Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM. Also uh, does a lot of work with the Raiders, Silver and Black show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, how about the red zone? Now, the red zone still hasn't been figured out, right? They were two out of five in the red zone yesterday with two Josh Jacobs touchdowns. Do you feel like they're getting closer? Do you feel like there's a, you know, maybe a recipe that they're working on down in the red zone? No, I don't. I don't think they're getting closer because, what, they were two for six last week, and now they're two for five. Yep. So, I yep. mean, statistically, yeah, they're getting one step closer. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it, it, you know, that, it, it, it is a major problem, and it is proof that, yes, the Raiders got their first win. Yes, they did it against a really good defense um, and a team that had been winning some games, but they are far from where they need to be offensively. Um, I think we saw some really good things like Derek Carr being able to use his legs and, and yeah. get some first downs. That was great. But it's a glaring, glaring issue. When you get into the red zone five or six times and you walk away with two touchdowns, when Daniel Carlson has 14 points in a game, that's not a recipe for winning football. That's that's a team that's going to be a 500. Well, you can't be a 500 team anymore with the 17 right. games, but you know what I'm saying. A team that's, that's going to hover around 500. They'll win games, uh, but they're not going to beat the good teams that way. When you get inside the 20, you've got to walk away with seven. And, and I say seven, not six, because special teams struggled yesterday, you know, missing extra points and field position and things like that. Or um, another thing that stood out to me, but clearly if I'm Josh McDaniels this week, we're, we're focusing 100% uh, on the on the red zone offense because that needs to be better if they really want to be in it in the playoffs. Right, and it's going to be needed in a major way if they're going to go to Kansas City and compete. I mean, it's I mean, look, Kansas yeah, City scores touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they score, yeah, and they score touchdowns fast. And when we right. that was a, that was a big concern with the Broncos. We saw the Broncos score touchdowns fast. Right, their drives were you know that that one drive at the end of the second half was like. A minute 51 or something like that. But they turn around right after that big of Meek Robertson 
uh, forced fumble, you know, scooped it up for the touchdown, and then turn around a minute, 50-something 50, 50 seconds later, rest, you know, they're in the end zone for Jerry Judy. So, and you don't, you don't think Patrick Mahomes is even better at that, getting touchdowns fast? So when you, the, the one thing the Raiders did really great, they had 25 first downs. They were moving the chains, first down, first down, first down. That was so encouraging. But then the second they get inside the 20, um, nothing was happening. And you're, they're not going to get away with that on Monday Night Football in Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to hear the offense. It's going to be very difficult for, for Derek Carr. I've, I've covered so many games in that stadium. It's one of the loudest, craziest places to play. Um, that offense better be on point, and they better walk away with seven when they're inside the 20. Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, you said that the offense is not where they want to be, but particularly the offensive line. Do you think that this is the starting five that the Raiders should stick with, barring injury, for the rest of the season? Uh, hi, DeMond, by the way. Hey. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I feel like you're the voice that comes in. I'm like, yes, God. Like when a question comes in, it's DeMond. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> now that I've been on a couple times. Uh, now, that's a great question. Look, um, it was clearly an issue, a, an area of concern or, or unknown, I should say, going into the season. You know, um, when they let Leather would go, they really didn't know what was going on with the offensive line. Uh, I think yesterday was the eighth different offensive line combination. Uh, I, I specifically circled at one point um, this hole that J Josh Jacobs ran through. I think it was for his first touchdown that Alex Barr and uh, Colton Miller on the left side created. I mean, just for Alex Barr to come up from like practice squad and be effective there, um, I thought that was a really good left side of the line. I thought uh, Bayer Munford did, did a good job uh, against, you know, we were talking about Randy Gregory and we were talking about uh, Bradley Chubb and this pass rush coming in. And, um, look, they, they did a great – I think they did a good job. Uh, the protection was good. Obviously, the run blocking was fantastic. I think that's what they need to focus on is how great the, the run blocking was. So, yeah, I mean, Illuminor is, I think, a liability. He got another penalty. So, perhaps he's the one that's, you know, not, not in that rotation anymore. Um, right. So, it's nice to see a seventh-round, you know, pick uh, uh, on the right side there have, have a good game and something to build on. Yeah, and I mean, two rookies on the right side, you know, Parham and then uh, also Thayer Munford right there, right guard and right tackle. So they held their own. Oh, yeah. You've got to give them a lot of credit, someone. you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit. you got to mm -hmm. give a lot of credit today. I'm sorry I didn't mention Dylan Parham. You do have to give credit. I mean, two rookies on the right side, and you've got a guy that ran for 144 yards. That's a good day at the office. Yeah, it really is. And you got to give the scouting department a lot of credit. I mean, they got them in the third round and the seventh round, and right now they're starting. So <laughs> that says that kind of says yeah. a lot right there. Uh, Amber, you mentioned the scoop and score by Amik Robertson, and that was obviously a huge play. Uh, Jason Fitz, our good friend, was uh, celebrating in the press box. He couldn't help himself. He was so fired up about that. <laughs> but that was the first defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown in 43 games. When I told you that stat in the press box, what was your thoughts? I couldn't believe it. I asked three times, are, are you sure? You know, I asked you guys three times, are you sure? And then it was 116 games, I think, since the forced fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh, right. So it was even longer for that. Uh, so I wrote that down, and, and good on you guys for getting that stat. Um, you know what? I think maybe if you look at the history of the Raiders over the past couple of years and why they haven't been – 
a team that gets to the playoffs. I know they did last year uh, for the first time, but a team that hasn't had the success they want to is because you need defenses that can score in the NFL and mm-hmm. in, tw- in the 2020s. Like, you just need, you need that. You need guys that can make big plays that can change the momentum and get you six points. Um, and if you look at all of the good teams, the teams that go to the Super Bowl, the teams that make it deep in the playoffs, they have the game-changing ability. Um, they have those kind of plays, and they, they have a defense that can score points. It's, it's, again, football's not that hard. Your defense can force turnovers and score points off of them. You're probably going to go deep into the playoffs. And, right. and to see that early was encouraging. We need to see more of it. What did you think about, or what do you think about Amik Robertson in general, just from the, you know, just the, the, the fight that he has in him each and every play? I love it because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because I came to the team a little bit late in the preseason, um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a starter in, on the depth chart. Um, guys like him, guys like Deron Harmon, you know, we've had a lot of injuries to the secondary. And to see guys like Amik Robertson have that interception the other game, then have the forced fumble return. Um, and it was Deron Harmon who knocked the ball out, who, who forced the fumble. Um, to see these guys that weren't listed as the starting safeties, as the starting corners, making co- these major game-changing contributions, uh, you know, Deron Harmon's out there just knocking heads off at, at yeah. opportune times, too. He's come up with some really big plays. Uh, so he had the interception, too. So, look, I think it's, it's really encourage, encouraging. You have to give the secondary credit for having some depth uh, and for making, for actually playing a lot better in this game than in the game against the Titans, I think tackling across the board was much better. That was what, even more, you know, you love to see the game changing kind of momentum changing plays, but it's the little things like tackling, like run defense, that was really encouraging from the Raiders defense yesterday. All right, last one for me. I've got to ask, Josh Jacobs, is it worth to pick him up in a fantasy league now or maybe try to get a trade for him <laughs> if we can maybe project that this is going to be his path going forward the way the Raiders were giving him the ball yesterday? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, and if he's, if he's available in your league, I highly question the league you're playing in. You need to look around at the people you're playing with and think they're suspect. They don't know what they're doing. I don't think Josh Jacobs should be available in most leagues. Uh, definitely not available like as a waiver wire pickup. But if, if you think you can trade for him, I think absolutely. Because Josh McDaniels knows how to win. He has done it. He knows how to call plays that win football games. He is, it's not like he's new to this. He saw what happened yesterday. I think it would be silly to think that he would move away from running the football and feeding Josh Jacobs until Josh Jacobs gives him a reason to not do that anymore so yes and i'm mad you know what i did i sat josh jacobs on the bench i started khalil herbert and jonathan taylor and i hate myself mm. for it um so you know i should have known better i was the one calling to give josh jacobs the ball and uh, finally they did and i had him on my bench so i i have learned my lesson i i will not ever go. have josh jacobs on my bench again uh, and I respect that. I, I really do. And, and Amber, side note, everyone that DeMond hangs around is a little suspect anyway. It's not just in fantasy football. It's just in life in general. He he has a suspect crowd that he keeps. Just <laughs> Yeah, I would keep one eye open around those people. If you got Josh Jacobs, if, if Josh Jacobs is sitting there on the waiver wire, like you need to break up with that fantasy league and get in something a little bit more competitive. I don't know who they are as people, but I'm going to judge them severely for, for not having Josh Jacobs rostered. I heard no that. Comment. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Final question, uh, Amber. 
Chandler Jones, I know he didn't show up statistically. He wasn't on the stat sheet, but what did you think of the overall game he had and the contribution that he made defensively for the Raiders? I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, when they don't show up on the stat sheet a lot of times in the post-game shows and the podcasts and everything, you know, the players don't get mentioned, you know, especially defensive players. We definitely saw a more effective Chandler Jones than we had in the first three games. He was around the ball. He was creating pressure. Yes, he didn't have the sack. Um, but I think you, you saw him more in the light that we hope to see Chandler Jones coming into the season, especially with Khalil, uh, you know, uh, not Khalil, Matt, uh, Yannick Ngakwe gone. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I liked what I saw yesterday. I think it was a step in the right direction. I think he's close to, to getting those sacks and getting to the quarterback. But I think – he definitely passed the eye test a lot more than the first three games where you were like, where is Chandler Jones? You didn't ask that question yesterday against the Broncos. No, no, you didn't. I mean, he had a couple plays where he forced the Broncos to hold him, right? And those holding penalties are, yeah. I know they're not sacks, but they're just as good. I mean, it's minus 10 yards right there. So uh, I think any team will yeah, take that every day right. of the week and twice <laughs> on Sunday. Well, Amber, fantastic stuff as always. Uh, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? What are you working on? Well, you can catch me tomorrow. Well, apparently, Duran uh, needs uh, Duran needs to catch me on uh, Serious Sex and Fantasy Sports yes. Radio tomorrow. I'm going to hop on yep. there and help out people like himself that clearly need some help on the fantasy team. Uh, that's all from 10 to 12 Pacific. Um, and uh, then I'll be back at I'll be back on the Silver and Black on Friday. You can check me check me out there and always follow me on Twitter at Amber Theo Harris at AmberTheo1 for Instagram. I keep everybody up to date because I, I move around a lot. <laughs> I pop up a lot on, yes. on random different places, so I keep you posted. There you go. Well, we're not mad at that. You do fantastic work, and we definitely appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for always having me on. I appreciate you guys. No doubt about it. There she goes. Amber Thea Harris, great job as always. Always enjoy getting her insight and dropped a lot of good nuggets on you, Raider Nation. A lot of good nuggets. And she said the Raiders' identity is that strong run game. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I'm not mad at that. I love it. If that's going to be the identity, let that be the identity. They have the personnel to get it done. They got plenty of, uh, of horses in the stable, right? I'm okay with that. And, and the one thing she said that, that really stood out to me, and I don't know why I didn't think about it either, I know Devontae Adams is there, and obviously he's a dynamic wide receiver. But what did he have in Green Bay outside of Aaron Rodgers? They had a hell of a good running game, right? Aaron Jones is a stud. Aaron Jones just got in a contract extension. And not, they didn't just start, stop with Aaron Jones. They went out and drafted other running backs. So they do rely heavily on their run game. So Devontae Adams could still be a super stud for the Raiders and still have a great run game and a rushing attack with Josh Jacobs, with Zamir White with Amir Abdullah. I mean, the list goes on. Britton Brown, I mean, what else do you want, right? Brandon Bolden, they got running back on top of running backs. It's like Oprah's handing out running backs. The Raiders got them. 250's a time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just got a couple minutes left in hour number one. Here on Red Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Just had Amber Theo Harris on the show. She does a fantastic job. And, you know, I said she dropped a bunch of nuggets, and she did. And she was talking about Josh Jacobs and the way that he runs and the way that, you know, he didn't really run different than what we've seen earlier in the season. He just obviously carried the ball more than what we've seen because the Raiders didn't go away from him. They didn't get behind 
They didn't all of a sudden become a pass-happy team, but he's been running violently. He's been running strong, downhill, breaking tackles, and that's true. I, I got to give him credit and get give her credit for pointing that out as well. And earlier today when we met with head coach Josh McDaniels, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic asked him about Josh Jacobs running between the tackles and how he was doing a really good job with that. And Coach McDaniels just kind of went on a, a – not a long explanation, but just really – went on to talk about Josh Jacobs in a very high regard, and I thought it was worth talking about, especially after Amber dropped the nugget that she dropped. Here's Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Jacobs. You know, Denver usually does a pretty good job of setting the edge on the defense. JJ had a couple bounce outs that I think were okay, were, were pretty productive, but uh, we knew we were going to have to try to make some hay inside, um, you know, and I thought he did a really good job of being patient as a runner. Um, we had some really good double teams inside to try to create space for him inside. Um, you know, and those guys were, were working hard to do that. Um, we can do a few things, I think, to help him out even more inside. You know, we had some space, but I think there's some things we can clean up today. But all in all, I thought we had a hat and a hat. And, you know, usually when we get him a full head of steam and an opportunity to hit the line of scrimmage without somebody at his legs, you know, he just inertia takes over, you know, and, and he makes yards. So um, and he's hard to tackle. So, he, yeah, again, getting him started, getting him going early in the game, I think was a big focus for us. And, um, you know, I thought he, he carried that through to the end. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Jacobs running between the tackles and getting him started early and, and how he just continued to run like that throughout the course of the, uh, of the game. And, again, that was, very, that was very important. And, obviously, the offensive line, uh, they were able to do some, some good things, right? Uh, they were able to really uh, help out as well, open up some holes, talked about Alex Bars, talked about Colton Miller, obviously Thayer Munford and, and, uh, and um, Dylan Parham also on the right side, the two rookies on the right side were putting in work. And obviously Andre James showed what it was worth when he returned, you know, because that allowed Dylan Parham to slide over to the right side and it helped that offensive line start to gel. I would have no problem if that was the offensive line moving forward, again, barring injury. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword r who are you giving game balls to? Do you believe that the Raiders' rushing attack will be the identity and should be the identity of this team? Amber Theo Harris seems to believe so. I would love it to be the, that, uh, that, that be the identity of the team. Hopefully the Raiders think the same thing, but I want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. When we come back, start off hour number two of the show. Not only will you hear from Josh Jacobs in the locker room, but you'll hear a little bit more from head coach Josh McDaniels as he met with us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.